Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Rundown with Shannon Robnett. Today, my guest is Ryan Morty. Say hello, Ryan. Hey, how we doing? Good. Ryan is in Florida, and a brief bio on Ryan is Ryan's been involved in the fix and flip market, uh, and I'm going to let him tell you more about that, but he's also gotten involved in the restaurant business. So, Ryan, tell us, tell us your story. How did you get where you were sitting right now today so I'll, I'll take you back to when i was a i was a young guy i started as a crew member actually at mcdonald's at, at 14 and uh you'll, you'll see why that ties into the uh, restaurant piece of my story i uh, started there at 14 kind of worked my way up through the ranks by the time i was 18 system manager took over my first store at 21 and ran that for four to five years and saw that you know my growth at that point was kind of limited right so i was able to come in as a crew member go to shift manager uh, assistant manager and then general manager pretty much to get promoted past that point you know the, the organization itself would have to grow a, a lot because you only got you know six stores so you, there's only two positions above a general manager so those guys got to really be in trouble or the store, the company has to grow in order for you to, you know, grow past that point. Um, so kind of got frustrated, began to start saving my money and kind of study other areas. So didn't really mean to get into fix and flips, but my first house happened to be a total remodel and it needed every piece of drywall came out and needed everything inside. And you mean it, it should have probably been burned down, but you didn't know better at the time, so you fixed it. Yeah, well, my dad's a handy guy, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and I, I got, I got a, a buddy that was gracious enough to basically, you know, lend me the money to get it fixed up, and then he told me when I was done, I would refinance it, pay him back. This was a new world to me, man. I barely knew what a drill was, but I, you know, I was really fascinated by real estate for some reason and you know this house i mean uh, you know I'll, I'll share pictures you know after we post this but this house is bad and um it was on five acres in, a, in an upcoming area and i ended up paying a hundred thousand for the house so i put about fifty five thousand back into the house got it refinanced and it ended up appraising at two hundred eighty thousand. wow and i was I didn't, I had no idea. Like I said, I didn't really understand this part of it. So I started to read, you know, what equity was and home values, study the markets a little bit. And this was right in like 2015. So things had started to recover, but there was still a decent amount of uh, foreclosure inventory on the market at that time. Right. So fixed up the house, refinanced it, paid the guy back. And all of a sudden I was left with like hundred thousand dollars after I, cause of course I, took a full cash out refinance as much as I could. Yeah. And because in my head was, man, this could be a business. I mean, I've, I've been a general manager making between, you know, 50 and $60,000 a year for years. I never had more than a couple thousand dollars to my name at any given time. And, um, when I was done with this refinance transaction in my bank account, you know, I had six figures and I, I was like, wow, if I could figure out a way to multiply this, right? Right. I, I love McDonald's, but I'm out of here. So uh, bought my first house for, uh, it was a fire damage house. So the good thing about what I tell people, the best, the best part about my story is that 
the house that I learned on needed everything. So any house that came after that was almost like a walk in the park because I was used to the extreme of the scenario. Um, now, I don't recommend that for everybody, but if you can get into a, a, a more difficult scenario in the beginning, things almost get easier as you go because you already kind of learned from, you know, the, the difficult ones. Um, so yeah. bought a small two bedroom, one bath. Go ahead. No, I just, it's, it's that adage. If it, it, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Ryan's saying, find the strongest thing on the planet and see if it kills you guys. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but uh, you know, R Ryan definitely sounds like you had everything under the sun that happened with this house. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and it definitely, it, it, it left you with that feeling that if you could overcome these situations, which was every situation, then you can yeah. do this. For sure. Yeah. And, and like I said, it was a lot of hard work. I mean, yeah. You know, getting off of work at five, work until midnight, waking up at five, I mean, for months and, yeah. and it's just constantly pushing through, but you know, the end result, the end result was worth it. So for me, it was, um, it was really a blessing to be able to go through that. And um, like I said, bought the next house for 30, you know, sold that for 90, took that money, bought two, and then just started to snowball because I'm a very frugal guy. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't flipping and, and buying another truck or a car, uh, just trying to continue because, you know, I understand the power of compounding right. and um, just started to do multiple deals. And then I figured out leveraging. So I started to do the math on leveraging because at first I was like, well, I'm not going to pay a bank, you know, six to eight grand in profits. But then I started to realize that, you know, if I could do four deals at a time, then all of a sudden, you know, paying the bank six grand is not such a bad thing. Right. Um, it's just understanding the math of the deal and trying to fit those loan costs inside of that equation. Right. And also over and buffering, like when I started doing my flip analysis, I, I over buffer all my categories. So that way, if I'm still making money in, you know, those worst case scenarios is probably going to be a pretty good deal. Um, but, you know, so back to the, the flipping, started to leverage my money at any given time. Me and my brother, uh, we had between 10 and 15 houses going. Right now we are selling out of our inventory and focusing on the construction side as we started to get into bigger fix and flip projects, you know, we needed to do additions. We needed to pull permits. A way to save on that was for us to basically become a construction company. So I got into a partnership with a general contractor in Florida. You know, they can qualify your business. Um, he has to actively, you know, supervise the jobs and know what's going on, but he doesn't have to have any ownership stake. He can just be a, like a salaried employee. Um, so started a construction company, partnered with the general contractor, and right around the same time, had the opportunity to get into the restaurant business and um, wanted to be a part of a healthy franchise moving forward. My buddy bought into the territory and was going to sell me a restaurant inside of it and went to some similar, uh, it's a bowl concept, but not so much like tuna and fish, chicken, steak, you know, a little bit of everything. Uh, the name is Mahana Fresh. The reason I got into that was because I always wanted to get back into that food business. I spent so much of my life learning that, that I felt like it was like a waste of knowledge that I could never benefit fully off of, you know, because I, I always work for somebody. 
So right. the whole reason for me to flip was really just to save money to buy a restaurant and then ended up falling in love with, with flipping and, and, uh, you know, just the, the different dynamics of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm, it, it's been four years since I've been on this journey and, uh, you know, I just keep looking forward and a lot of failures and struggles along the way, but like well, you said, I think about, just having let's that talk about some of those, Brian. I mean, a lot of people don't like to talk about the struggles or the failures. They like to, they like to focus on, you know, the, the $150,000 in and the 285 out, but you know, yes, sir. I've been, I've been in construction and development for 30 years and I know that it's the struggles and the failures that teach us a lot more than 150,000 in and the 285 out. Uh, yeah. And, and it's probably because it's the hammer on the fingers, uh, you know, the, the head and the door, slam that 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 we respond and we respect the most but tell me about some of the struggles that you had give me an incident of a couple of things that you had to overcome and how your mindset changed through that process so i I mentioned that i had a friend lend me the money for the property so that's that's kind of the easy way of of telling you the story but what really happened is, is i tried to get an fha 203k loan on the house right um now due to where my income was at at the time i'm not saying i was we, we were lying but we had to make sure that the construction budget was very aggressive to meet the arv of the 203k loan so and like i told you this house needed everything and i was applying for a loan that it needed you know 35,000 worth of things and remember you couldn't do the work yourself on the 203k loan. So we get the bid in, everything was fine. Fast forward to a couple of days before closing, the bank is all of a sudden like not answering the phone. Um, true story, called the, the, I was working with a loan originator. So I was, she was the third party with the bank and she kind of was cut off from communication with them. We got an email saying that, on the day of closing, we got an email saying that basically, you know, they weren't going to, they weren't going to fund the deal. Um, oh, wow. So at that time, right at that time, that was the day of closing at noon. For some reason, I decided to call my, uh, you know, former owner and ask him if he could help me out. And, uh, you know, graciously he did, but, you know, the, the chance that that happens and, you know, I've never asked somebody for that large amount of money in my life, but like you said, you, you, you start to, when your back's against the wall and you're like, man, I'm going to lose this house. And I knew it was going to be gone. You start to like, all right, let me try every possible thing that could make this go through. So at least if it doesn't happen, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting there like, man, I, I just failed, you know? Yeah. So called him he went down to the bank, wired the money to the closing table. And, you know, I closed on the house and like I said, refinanced in, in, you know, six months, paid him back. And, and then the journey began. Um, so, so Ryan, the- you, you just said something very interesting. And I think it's very important for our listeners to hear this because, you know, when, when you have a job, you, you have some safety as we're all finding out now with the coronavirus, there's not as much safety in it as we thought. But you don't have to try absolutely everything. I mean, when we think, of, we think of famous people that tried a lot, there was Colonel Sanders and how many times he tried to sell his recipe before he finally became successful. But 
But your story is very similar in that it's when you are down to the last minute. I mean, you are you are looking for that pardon at the 11th hour. And you yeah, try yeah. things in that time that you wouldn't normally do. If you think back to your your former career, you weren't being challenged like that in your former career. You weren't trying to do things like that no. in your former career. And so this, in just a moment's time, pushed you beyond a threshold that changed your life. Oh, my. I mean, for – I mean, you know, I look at my life now and, you know, I remember waking up staring at the alarm clock, you know, and that rush feeling, having to get ready for work. And, and you know, did my boss call me? Because, you know, the, the thing about McDonald's, this is a 24-hour operation. So right. you got calls at 3 in the morning. You got call So it's every morning you were kind of starting your day, like, on on edge. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I wake up now. I, you know, I got two daughters. I spend time with them. My over the years with the different businesses, first my brother came and worked for me. Uh, then my father actually quit his job, works for me as well. And now my mom uh, quit her job and works for me. And my and my sister works for us as well. So it's a it's a whole family business. Uh, yeah. And you know, getting to spend time with my family, but also you know, it and working at the same time. And we know, you know, it, if you have to be able to still have business conversations with your family. Yeah. Um, but if you can do that, you know, that's, that's been the biggest blessing is back when I worked at McDonald's, I, you never really got to see your family uh, on the scale that we do now. And, um, you know, that's probably the best part about it. You know, and I had that, I've had that fortunate opportunity throughout my life to be partners and, and to work with my brother and, and my father. And, you know, Kevin, I'm, I'm going to assume, but I want to clarify for our listeners that when you're when everybody came to work for you, um, not only did they get the benefit of working for you, but, but things f- improved for them financially. Oh, and, for sure. And we didn't just, you know, say everybody quit their jobs. I mean, it was very right. strategic. No, you know, no. We, yeah, we, we, but at we the same started time, with my brother. What a, what a, what a awesome thing for you to be able to do. And I want, I want you to relate this back to that one phone call, that one yeah. phone call to, to the, the owner of, of, of where you used to work that that you got the audacity the bravery the 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 courage to make that one phone call that's changed everybody in your family's life yeah i I think that's an amazing thing for people to understand that it's that it's that pressure at the point of bursting that these breakthroughs finally come that allow you to get to a place where now you have the ability to not only change your life bless your daughters, but also change the lives of your whole family because of that courage. And, and I think that a lot of people forget that without putting yourself out over the edge, without putting yourself in an uncomfortable and unfamiliar position and place, you're never going to see and experience that kind of growth. If you stay at your job and you, you keep clocking in, they're going to keep paying you just enough to make sure that you don't quit. But it's when you get audacious. It's when you, get, uh, when you get out there with, with yourself and you say, I am going to put myself in a position where I'm uncomfortable, where I have the ability to win or lose, but I have the ability to make some serious changes. Ryan, that is, that is such an important thing, and I appreciate you bringing that up because you have, with your own example and with your own thought process, 
change the trajectory of your life, but change the trajectory of your whole family's life. And that's an amazing thing. That really truly is. And it's to be commended a lot. And then for you to reach out to the people that you love and care about the most to make sure that your journey isn't a solo journey. Yeah. Uh, is another, is another beautiful thing. And I, and I can, I can definitely empathize with you when you say that you're having to have business conversations because my, my father and my, <laughs> cousin, my mother and I have all done business and, and we have to use the saying business is business, you know? Yeah. Yes, sir. And, and we have had some, we have had some very uncomfortable conversations followed by a barbecue. And I can't, yeah. I, I can't say that the barbecue is completely harmonious, but by the no. next day we're, we're done licking our wounds and, and we can see the other person's point of view and we can move forward because we do know, love and care about the people that we're working with way more than anybody else. And so to have these uncomfortable conversations even feels more connected because you're having a conversation with your brother who you know him almost as well as his wife knows him or his partner knows him or anybody else on the planet because you grew up with him. And now you yep. know that that is that conversation is going to continue to improve your guys' lives. And the trust factor too. I mean, that's, and I think that's a lot of reason why we do it. When you start dealing with, you know, large amounts of money, um, you, you got to make sure that you surround yourself with people that you can trust. So, right. you know, and, and we all and who know better the family than your family. Yeah. We all know the family that you wouldn't want to have be your family if you had to trust them with money, but, but thankfully, yes. thankfully that's not yours. Yeah. Uh, Brian, let, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. What, what inspires you? You know, you used to, you, you said something that about you woke up on edge, you look at your alarm clock, you know that somebody owns your life. They own your time. Uh, you work for them. You know, you even said it subconsciously, your other owner. Now, slavery is illegal. We know that. But but even in your own mind, it used to be. Yeah, yeah. But now, what inspires you to be you? What people say about, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Um, I, I, you know, before I started to make, you know, a, a decent amount of money, I, I thought that was a line of crap. And um, what, what I noticed that, as I build the companies, it's, it's great to make more money, but it, the feeling to, you know, take my family with me, but also like now with the restaurant, taking, you know, a general manager, assistant manager, just continuing to grow people and make their financial lives better. Um, and having an impact on that. I, I don't know if there's a better feeling in the world. And, you know, the other part of it, of course, you know, is legacy. I, you know, I got two daughters. I, I want to make sure that they can pick this up where, where I left off in whatever thing it is that makes them happy. Um, it'd be nice to have, you know, the opportunity to give them a little bit of a head start to be able to do that. So, and then, you know, part of it was my family didn't come from a lot of money. So I knew I kind of understood and was always able to look ahead and, and, and think, man, retirement for my parents, you know, could be rough and um for some reason or another put that burden on my shoulders and once i kind of capped out at mcdonald's i realized that i wasn't in control anymore because as a crew person going to a shift manager to an assistant i had control because my actions were rewarded now once i got to a point where i sat stagnant it finally clicked for me that okay you know the, the, there's a capacity to what this job entails and and I reached it. And I knew if I didn't just take a chance, because, you know, when I quit McDonald's, I was, I didn't even sell my first house yet. 
So I had a little bit of extra money from the refi. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this work. So quit my job. I've been working there since I was 14, 12 years, not a light decision, same place, quit my job and went through this house and, and finished it. I was, I was working on two weeks, but every time I was at McDonald's, I was thinking about the house, you know, and yeah. it, it started to eat away at me. And, um, the best part about it was, you know, and, and I don't do this a lot, but I don't feel good. I can stay in a little bit longer. I'm, it's just the flexibility of being your own boss. Um, yeah. So, all, all, you know, all those things wrapped up really inspired me to, to just keep pushing and see how far I can take this thing. So let me ask a question. Uh, when you decided to quit your job at McDonald's, this was the gentleman that loaned you the money. To be honest, um, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. Still a great friend of mine. And um, you, you won't believe it, but uh, he actually turned into my hard money lender. But we'll get into that in, in a little bit. Well, and and I know that I know that there's a lot of re relationships in, in in our business. There there are a lot of relationships that are built. But I mean, what I hear you saying, Ryan, is that you get inspired by changing people's lives by having the opportunity to give them the opportunity to become the best that they can be. And and I guess what was this guy's reaction when you now and he saw what you had done. He saw it was your hard work. But he'd also yeah, seen yeah. you work with him for the last seven years at McDonald's, and he saw what a hard worker you were. How did he like relinquishing one of his best employees? Um, he, he didn't like it at all. You know, he wanted, he, he wanted me to think about it. Uh, we made the decision that day that I just didn't need to think about it anymore. You know, when you, when you wake up and you're so sure about something um, – you know, I tried to give notice. I actually tried to give like a six month notice. I was like, Hey, I just want to tell you, man, sometime in the future, I got to follow my dream. And, uh, he told me, you know, you should go do it now. And, yeah. um, I think he knew I was going to eventually leave. So he just wanted to kind of peel the bandaid off. But the fact that he respected me enough to know that I also had, you know, my own set of dreams that I wanted to accomplish it really made me just gain a lot of respect for him. And, yeah. um, yeah. you know, just it's easier said than done. You know, it's it really easy to is. say, hey, I'll let somebody quit. But when the guy's actually leaving, and remember, he's invested a lot of money in, in training and, and over the years and, and all my growth. And um, for him to really not make me feel bad and maintain, you know, the relationship that we have today, it's pretty incredible. And, you know, I guess, Ryan, that was, that was kind of my, where I was going with the question. And it sounds like you have had an example from him in, you know, here, here's an investment that had he to do it over again, he may not have made because he lost a phenomenal sure. employee, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah, matter what you paid him no, back yeah, on that. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't if matter. What said, you, no, I, I don't think I would have, you know, I, it, you know, I, that, like you said, that call to him was definitely the pivot. You know, yeah. that was the one thing that changed that because if I wouldn't have made that call, I would have probably looked for another house. It wouldn't have been a fixer upper because I would have been fed up with the two or three K process most likely. And, uh, yeah. you know, would have bought a house, got locked into a high mortgage and, you know, needed the job would have had no extra capital and, right. you know, continue to be stuck in that, in that cycle. So it's, yeah. that's a hard cycle to get out of unless you do something drastic. Exactly. 
Now, what has been the thing that, so you mentioned in your comment that money doesn't buy happiness, and we've heard all the different twists on that adage, and, and I agree, uh, money does not, but what is it that's been surprising about having access to money that you didn't anticipate? Well, in, it, I believe that money makes life a lot easier. Right. Um, I, I believe it correlates to happiness for sure. But, it, you know, what, what I mean is I, I don't do things just to get a check. And I think that makes it easier because the things I'm trying to accomplish, you know, usually re at the end, there's a, there's a good payout for myself. But if you, if you're not so selfish in your motives doing it, it makes it more sustainable because the people that you're doing it with, you know, they're, they know that it's, in their best interest to do well as well because they get rewarded you know accordingly and when the whole team's pulling in the right direction i mean it, and to give people access to that money as well just because i know how easy it makes you know life yeah because that's the best part a tire goes out you're not you know you, you buy a new tire you put it on you're not i mean back at mcdonald's i mean a tire goes out there's there's going to be a big issue you know um, things were tight so the fact that life has been so much easier has made it, um, it it's really changed my life. And, and like I said, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, have money than not any day. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. uh, and it's a blessing, you know, and like I said, there's a lot of things that I, I you know, dinners and vacations and it, that come along with it, that, that relates to happiness because you get to spend some time with your family and the quality of those, you know, go up because you're staying, you know, a little bit nicer place, a little bit more comfortable. You're staying longer um, instead of the, the one day at Disney, maybe you're going for three or four, but what that does is build memories with the family ultimately. Right. So, right. And, and that's where the happiness comes from is the memories, right. not necessarily the money spent on Disney, but right. it's easier to go to Disney if you have the money, you know? Yeah. So well, and, you the, know, the other easier. thing too, that I hear you saying though, Ryan is, is you're using that money that has allowed you to do things that make you happy, but you're using that money to influence other people to make money, to be happy. I mean, you know, you've changed your family's trajectory and they're using that money to create memories with their kids and with, with, you know, your, your parents and their retirement and how they're going to face yeah. those, those final golden years with, that, with no gold, you know? Um, yeah. But what has been your biggest challenge that you faced? I mean, we've seen how that one decision really snapped and you made, I mean, that just changed your whole trajectory. You're able to involve your family. What is your biggest challenge that you're facing daily or weekly or in this business that you did not anticipate? Well, I, I, to be honest, I think the biggest challenge, you know, right now is, is probably the pandemic um and we're still in the and we're still in the middle of it and i know it's uh it, it's um it's the uncertainty that really gets to you yeah and um yeah. you know basically saved up for my whole life to flip houses open a restaurant and then you know four weeks after the restaurant opens you go from doing about three grand a day to 400 a day yeah and um same expense you know, <laughs> Uh, very expensive. And, um, 
already spent a lot of your capital just to start. So it's not like I had big surplus reserves. You know, this thing really had to work. Um, and I think just, you know, trying to balance the team here and stay open and just and, and build the sales through this period at the restaurant, you know, has been has been probably the biggest challenge there is because, you know, every day it, there's no trend in this pandemic. I mean, one right. day your sales are, are, are one number, the next day they're 80 percent lower than they're 100 percent. I mean, it's it's it's. Um, it's very challenging and there's, you you don't really see a light at the end of the tunnel. So living with that every day is is probably the hardest thing I've ever been through so far. 